This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband, from closing the digital divide to accessing critical telehealth resources. We talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. Throughout February, we're focusing on Black History Month and talking with those in the Black community who are creating positive change. Today, our guest is Walter Woods, the CEO of the Humana Foundation, which works across multiple sectors to address social and economic barriers to better health outcomes and invest millions of dollars to achieve that goal. Learn how the group approaches the challenge of creating greater health equity and where technology, including having access to broadband, fits into this important work. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with the CEO of the Humana Foundation, Walter Woods. In his role, Walter leads the strategic development of the philanthropic organization, which provides support and partnership for groups working toward health equity across the country. Welcome, Walter. Hello, how are you? Thank you for this opportunity. We are excited to talk to you today. Um, You do a lot of great things in the communities that you help. Um, So uh, I do realize, though, I simplified your role a bit with the Humana Foundation in my introduction. So let's begin about how you see your role with the organization and more about its overall mission. Absolutely. Ultimately, I see my role as inspiring health. Uh, Practically, what that means is daily leading the development and execution of efforts that advance the mission of the Humana Foundation. The Humana Foundation is the corporate philanthropic arm of Humana, and our mission really is to co-create communities where leadership, culture, and systems work to improve and sustain positive health outcomes. So the foundation co-creating communities means really acknowledging that it takes a village. As an individual organization, we do not have all the answers or knowledge to affect change by ourselves. Meaningful collaboration with partners is required to achieve our shared goals. I love that you talk about collaboration. Um, we've talked before in the past, and that seems to be a um, something that you use a lot. Uh, why that approach? Why is that so important? I think it's important because to create sustainability, it really requires everyone in the community to be a part of it. Uh, working across sectors, uh, again, in my opinion, creates sustainable solutions. Okay, um, it, a hefty task for sure to lead such an important outreach and so much community development and uh, positive change in communities, especially in regards to health. But you have the pedigree and the experience that's really perhaps tailor-made for this task. Uh, when I was doing a little research on your background, I, I found a few highlights that really lift that up. Um, if, if I may, for just a moment, read some of these to you to our audience and to you. Walter began his career with the American Gas Foundation in Washington, D.C., but he really focused on emerging technologies and advocated with federal agencies to help underserved populations. You moved on to an executive role with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Washington, D.C., and you also worked at the World Bank, where you again advocated for sustained programs to reduce poverty and increase prosperity globally. You even increased the World Bank's volunteer efforts by 10%. So you've you've led or been in positions of leadership throughout your career in some pretty prominent organizations. And in that, you have really worked also to help people. Well, what is your motivation behind that? Is that is that something you've always believed and grown up with? Is that always been part of your career that you you also believe in community service as part of um, the important role of corporate? 
Well, each of us is shaped by our, our own lived experiences, and most of my early childhood experiences included seeing my mother in service to children. She was a special education teacher, and my father in service to our country. He was in the Air Force. Everyone belongs, uh, as you know, in a connected nation that truly values their comp- contribution, no matter how diverse. Um, the Humana Foundation is changing the intersection of business and service to others by changing the way the corporation, that corporate foundations make an impact. Um, our focus, our work focuses on, among other things, changing systems and structures. We do the work that addresses the root causes of some of the biggest issues facing our society. The role of corporations in this, it, it's, I think some people might see that corporations don't or won't or can't or, or maybe don't have a position to do that where they would take on some social issues. But really, mm-hmm. the Humana Foundation believes that that is not the case, that there should be some sort of involvement. Is that correct? That's correct. We are part of the community, like I mentioned earlier, and we want to be a part of the solution in addressing some of these issues that impact uh, our associates as well. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, Connected Nation is taking time to mark the importance of Black History Month. Uh, You attended Howard University, which has the designation of a historically Black university. Um, You also attended Northwestern and Stanford universities to continue your education. Why, in your opinion, are historically Black universities an important part of the Black community? Well, historically Black colleges and universities, I'll call HBCUs for short, are our past and our future. Uh, The first thing my ancestors, American slaves, did when they were emancipated was erect institutions of higher learning. These campuses housed and nurtured the most important legacy that they had, which is the commitment to the pursuit of knowledge and freedom. Um, First imagined and then made real for the children of former slaves. For me, HBCUs remind us how resilient black ingenuity is. Uh, I think they're very important to America generally. I think they provide a stable and nurturing environment for for those most at risk of not entering or completing college, low-income, first-generation college students. Many of these students are academically unprepared for college, yet they're precisely the students that the country most needs to obtain college degrees. In 2020, the Humana Foundation invested in an HBCU right here in Louisville, Kentucky, a 141-year-old community asset called Simmons College of Kentucky to help them close Uh, their online learning gap. The investment took a new importance in the wake of the pandemic and will allow students to continue their education during this unprecedented time. Yeah, I I am also located in Louisville, Kentucky, and I know I have witnessed some great things that that university has done in our area, that school has done here. Howard University has quite uh, the background. It was established in 1867, and open to all sexes and races, and it has the leading research library for African-American studies. These kinds of things that Humana Foundation is is stepping into and moving toward and supporting communities of color, why is that so critical in your mind? Uh, I think it's, uh, for me, it's critical. It's a, you know, for me, it really was about no stereotype threat. Uh, And this is a phenomenon that two researchers have really done a lot of research around 
one from Stanford University and the other from the University of Texas. So really, um, it refers to the risk of confirming negative stereotypes about an individual's race or cultural group that prevents them from learning. Actually, it, it, it really affects the achievement gap. So for me, going to a place like uh, Howard University allowed me to free myself up to really um, to learn and to be intellectually curious. Uh, HCBUs have an important role in the African-American community as schools that first gave black students the opportunity to obtain higher education when virtually no other colleges would. Um, HCBUs provide a connection to black history, and that was very important for me. They have done some really amazing things. Reading, just reading about Howard University, I recommend it to anyone to research these important schools in our history. Um, there are some inequities around healthcare that do touch communities of color. What are some of those that you can see or speak to as the CEO of the Humana Foundation? What are some things that you would like to address that touch on healthcare within communities of color? Yeah, all the inequities that exist in society have an impact on health, and they act as an interconnected system. Within a system of structural racism, negative health outcomes are created through inequity in, in income and wealth, safe housing, education, food security, technological connectivity, access to health care and quality of health care when it's, when it's received. So improving health and well-being requires holistically addressing all of these issues. Uh, let's bring that around to the technology portion of our discussion because uh, we are Connected Nation and that is a big piece for us as we work to create equity around the country. When it comes to telehealth and access to telemedicine, what can that do for people of color, communities of color within the Black community? How can we use that and leverage that technology to help these communities have better health ac- outcomes and improve health ac- Well, connectivity is a social justice issue. Mm-hmm. Um, our world is increasingly requiring us to rely on technology to meet our needs, yet because of cost, geographic location, and other or, or lack of learning resources, the most vulnerable members of our society are ex- experiencing accelerated inequity. Digital access allows individuals to access telehealth, uh, health-related mobile apps, and accurate and up-to-date health-related information. This is especially true during the pandemic when a doctor, when a trip to the doctor or grocery store could put a person at risk of contracting COVID and when information about the virus is being updated rapidly. When you then consider the reality of increased comorbidity factors for Black Americans and and much higher death rates they are experiencing during this pandemic, you start to see a really dangerous connection. Yet because of the lack of internet access, leaving home for healthcare or other necessities is a choice that many people are forced to make every day. Creating equity here is important not only in terms of health, but in eliminating inequity in all areas of society where it exists. On that note, you joined us recently to discuss a report that the Humana Foundation partnered with Older Adult Technology Services to complete. It really focused on digital isolation among seniors, but that included minority groups that were impacted. Uh, Just some highlights for our, our listeners from that study real quick. In it, the report identified that 22 million American seniors lack broadband access. That's about 42% of older Americans. 
much of that focus was on the impact of loneliness and or disengagement as having a serious health implication. I think sometimes people don't think about that, but it's very, it's very much an issue. Also, key to this conversation, minorities are disproportionately impacted. Black and Latino seniors are more than 2.5 and 3.3 times more likely to be offline. And as you said, that creates an issue of equity and um, when somebody doesn't have access to that. How critical is the need to connect all communities? And I understand that this this study in itself focused on the older um, populations, but if 22 million American seniors are lacking broadband access and a large portion of that are minority groups, does it point to the fact that we need to focus on those minority groups now and, and immediately, especially with the pandemic? It does. Uh, again, as I mentioned, this is a social justice issue. And uh, when we make sure that everyone has access, then that makes sure that improves health all the way around. Uh, this is an issue that continues to get bigger. Um, and digital access allows individuals to access telehealth and health-related mobile apps, uh, which I, what I mentioned before. And um, I didn't mention this earlier, but you also served as the Vice President for Strategic Program for AARP Foundation. Again, this issue of social isolation came up even long before the pandemic. So you were kind of examining this issue before we all were suddenly forced to be on our own. What were some of those solution-oriented efforts and programs that you really helped develop when you were in that role? The two that I remember fondly are the Older People's Association, uh, which was discovered in Southeast Asia. Um, I discovered that on a study tour with HelpAge International and the Connect to Effect website, which was developed as a result of my social isolation research at the AERP Foundation. When people connect, they affect each other's lives. Uh, the goal is really to create a network of resources that meets and, and the needs of anyone who is isolated or lonely, and that helps build social connections older adults need to thrive. That's what that website that's out there right now, Connect to Effect, is doing. I won't keep you all day. I just have one or two more questions. But one of those uh, that I really think is important is that you are a Black man in a very prominent role that is that is impacting so many communities through your leadership at the Humana Foundation. What advice would you offer other young men and women in the Black community who would like to, to fill the type of role that you do someday? Uh, the, the main piece of the advice that I would give would be to stay intellectually curious and to get out of your own way. You know, we have all of these conversations, these uh, uh, conversations we have with ourselves that sometimes cause us to get in our own way. I would encourage people to reduce those inner conversations we have with ourselves and to uh, lean in to uh, the 24 hours that each of us is given um, when we wake up to make a difference. That is great advice. Um, I feel like I need to lean in today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a challenge with the pandemic sometimes. Walter, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you, but are there any final thoughts that you would like to leave our listeners with on any of the topics that we touched on, or was there something you thought I would bring up that I did not? Well, just uh, that our most diverse populations are vulnerable because they are experiencing accelerated inequity. Everyone belongs, as you know, in a connected nation, 
and creating equity for them is important to their health. You have made my day by using our tagline again. Thank you, Walter. <laughs> I really You're appreciate welcome. you talking with us today and for sharing your talents and experience in ways that have helped others. Thank you so much. Thank you. Again, my guest today was Walter Woods, the CEO of the Humana Foundation. I'll add a link to the foundation's website and Twitter page, as well as a link to the report we mentioned on digital isolation among older Americans in the description of this podcast. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.